and welcome back for another episode of the Blackwatch Report. I'm your host, Thorn Rain. With me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Kyle Wynn. How are you doing, sir? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I've literally... All I have known in the past couple of days is uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so that's literally <laughs> all I've experienced. Um, my friend and I are deep in the middle of a chronological marathon. Oh, Oh, wow. Of every Marvel movie, basically. At least the, the you know, since From the MCU. Iron Man, basically. Okay. Yeah. And we're doing, we're trying the chronological way. Like, in when it, when not when the movie came out, but like when it took place. Okay. So we started with like Captain America, then went to like uh, Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel, which was eh, fine movie. And we did, did like both Iron Mans, and like now we're going to do Thor next, and then Avengers after that. Holy crap, it is such a fascinating thing, like, watching them all at once in order. And so, like, we've been just, like, binging movies. We watched, like, three Alien movies previously and all sorts of stuff. So that's been fun. Um, well, yeah, that's literally all I've been doing. I've played, like, a couple games <laughs> here and there. Like, not really much else, man. Like, uh, job stuff is just on whole everything's just in limbo and so i'm literally just like okay well i'm gonna watch movies i don't like i've tried to do everything i could possibly yep. do nothing's happening right now i'm waiting on like a bunch of stuff still like cool yeah i uh movies <laughs> i i feel that uh i restarted uh the whole walking dead from season one and like rewatched it all the way up to where I would match up with the season 10 finale that was delayed you by like nine months. 10 seasons in like how long? Um, it was like two months or something like that. Oh, Jesus it was Christ, it's still a lot. It was like spread out, like, and doing it while watching, like, cooking dinner, mm. you know, doing dishes, because I'm, I'm fancy. I got a TV in the dining room. Uh, yeah, so like, see. I've always found that like doing that, like with movies that or, or shows that you've seen, you like. So we've been playing Star Citizen on the side as well, and just having like the movie up on the side because like mm -hmm. you don't really need to pay attention to either a hundred percent, and so you can kind of just like fly around and not really worry about stuff while watching the movie. And then when you have to focus on the game, you can focus on that, and you will like don't lose it. And so like I guess it does work out really well to like alternate between one and the other. But like it's it's crazy going back and watching something that because I've watched it from the beginning to current. The Walking Dead, probably three times over the course of the run of the show. Um, I love the show. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a great show. Um, but, like, this last time, I noticed so many little things that, like, never really clicked in my head in previous rewatches. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay. That's a little teaser. Or, man, I, okay, I'm going to... I'm not going to go too deep into it, but <laughs> just if you've ever watched The Walking Dead, go back and rewatch season one and think of it in the context of today's political and social climate. And holy shit, Walking Dead. Oh, my bad. I'll bleep it. I'll bleep it. <laughs> um,. If Walking Dead Season 1 was recorded today, like filmed today, that show would have never made it out of Season 1. It's, yeah. it's pretty gnarly, the stuff that got through that I, I noticed on this rewatch. And I'm like, wow, I don't remember them saying that. Or, wow, I don't remember seeing those symbols. And I'm like, man, this is kind of rough. Um, yeah. But, like, <laughs> it's... It's all in context w with everything, but, like, yeah, it's one of those things where just how the world has changed. I don't think we would have had 10 seasons of The Walking Dead if they would have done season one in a climate like we're currently in right now. See, but this... the other thing I find funny about those, too, is, like, looking back at, like, all these zombie movies. Like, mm -hmm. we, I watched, we watched the, the first three Resident Evil movies with my friends as well, and, like, watching yep. those, I'm like... I love those. I, I remember thinking in the early 2000s, like, okay, this would never happen. People are like smart of this. And then I'm like looking around now. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. I can see it. Yep. yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I could definitely see one person getting sick and then it just completely ruining the world. 
Yep, like there's so many plausible. people around <laughs> the world that we know that would totally hide a zombie bite, dude. Like there's oh, people I know immediately. I'm like, you are the type of person to where you would get bit and tell no one. And you'd like, look, you know, roll up your sleeve on your own in a corner, like look at the bite and see it get worse and be like, I, I can't tell anyone. I yeah. know those people now. I literally <laughs> spend my day with people like that. And it's like, if it was ever to get terrible, you're probably the first person that I'm getting the furthest away from because <laughs> you're going to get me killed because you're yeah. an idiot. <laughs> like, yeah, just it it is crazy doing all the rewatches and uh but that's basically all I've been doing. I played a little bit of Overwatch. Uh the new Halloween Terror is out. Mm, I've um, wanted to do that. I've not played it in like two weeks but i've wanted to because the men is in a great spot and like the new stuff came out and i literally logged in to make sure i got the genji skin yep and then equipped that and then are just like waiting to do more beyond that yeah um speaking but, of that yeah. uh that their genji uh -huh. skin what a segue yeah i we, didn't even think about we, it we planned that no we didn't uh-huh um no, we didn't. <laughs> We're going to roll down into the news. News brought to you by our patrons. Head over to patreon.com slash blackwatchreport. Sign up at the $2 level. You can sponsor the news. This week's sponsor is Thugly. Thank you so much, sir. Kyle, take us away and elaborate a little bit more on that there Genji skin you got. To quote directly to the tweet, we're excited to unveil the Contenders Viewership Rewards Program. Through the month of October, you can earn Contender Skin for Symmetra and Mercy by supporting Tier 2. Find out in our announcement below. And then you open the announcement. It basically says you will receive a set of contender skins, uh, home and away Symmetra skins, after enjoying seven hours of live contenders content and 15 hours uh, of home and away skins for uh, 15 hours for the Mercy skin. Um, end of the month, uh, they get reset. You get a free Genji skin when you log in. Um, to support it, but you need to, I think, watch through the Contenders website is the yes. thing. So similar, overwatchcontenders.com, similar to watching on overwatchleague.com for owl skins, which I never did. Um, and also, I never watch Contenders live, but I always watch it after the fact because it just never works out with my schedule. Like watching uh, Korean Contenders because it's at like 2 in the morning and I don't, like, I love Tier 2 and I will watch every minute of all those games, but I'm not going to stay up and watch yeah. them live. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's brutal. I, uh, it took me it took me weeks to reset my sleep schedule from going to bed at five, six, seven, eight in the morning. Uh, I don't want to go back and do that again. Yep. Uh, I but, was lucky enough to throw the uh, the second the the what is it the semifinals up on my mm. phone at work and just hide my phone and uh, <laughs> so hopefully I got you know a couple hours notched yeah, in. Yeah. It'll be a little bit easier when uh na happens because if anything i've got like three laptops i'll throw it up on one of the laptops and just let it run while i'm doing stuff farm bro yep i need to do that skins. i need to like the occasional times when i leave my pc on at night like updating something or downloading something i should do that i should leave it up and watch contenders on there because like i really i mean but like i don't play mercy or symmetra ever i'll mm -hmm. i'll put out the old green genji every so often but like i don't know it's unfortunate that like you can't do you can't like get tokens and spend different tokens or use existing tokens or whatever like that would be cool i already changed you they also get uh, a little icon to a player icon yep, which player I, icon. I did to support i wish i wish you could buy the black watch one but i legitimately can't and i'm like not gotten it in loot boxes after like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in the <laughs> game so that's, that's un tough. lucky but yeah the uh that being something that we've literally asked twice when we've had uh, Dan yeah. McHugh on, um, finally happening. Now we just need to talk them into, you know, like, the champions of each contenders, you should give them just, like, a player icon in the game or, like, a spray. You don't get to do skins. Like, let me put up an Element, element Mystic spray and rock a Tier 2 Dan uh, player icon. Player icon. That's, That'd that's, be cool. That's all I want. <laughs> and I'd pay for that. those. You don't have to make me watch. I'd I'd buy those. In other bits of incredibly uh awesome news, mm -hmm. finally like it's another case of like the world has been asking for this for literally years now. Mm -hmm. Uh Nuki has gotten called up to GM the Linden Spitfire after 
GMing the British Hurricane for I swear like three years yeah, for like ever it seems like, and also being the manager of those guys before that, I think she's basically just been like literally just doing the every bit of work that you possibly could in the tier two scene for EU since like the very very beginning, um, GMing for like Team Germany, and she's also the GM of the Valorant team for Cloud9 as well. Like, holy crap. <laughs> she's yeah. GMing three teams, dude. Yeah, she's been <laughs> with the wild. British Hurricane since February of 2018. So, wow. like, literally Coming up on three years, forever, yeah. it seems like. <clears throat> but that also speaks to what we speculated as well of the team moving away from a full crane roster. They let go... Uh, at least they moved. Uh, I think Robin was previously the GM of the Spitfire, yep. um, who handled the Korean player part of it. Um, now that we have a EU GM, it leaves reason to believe that they're going to have an EU based team as well. After literally all of the things pointing in that direction, and uh, I believe she literally said it herself on a podcast. They're like, yes. "Yeah, we're moving towards an EU team," and yeah, so like, okay, nine. cool, it all works out. Yeah, I, uh, um, when when that went live on YouTube, I fired it up at work mm. uh, and was listening to it, and she essentially said that they were going full Western. Uh, the whole team, they were going to try to get a lot of EU talent, try to, you know, engage with the community more, and what was it? The coaching staff and management staff would be getting announced in the next, like, week or two so like cool. we're probably looking at seeing some london spitfire management and uh coaching announcements here real soon and yeah, then i feel like they can call up players at any point i think still or no i don't know how i don't think that no they took works, they took that out they weren't and they weren't too weighed oh no yeah and like I don't think there because there was a huge loophole last season or the season mm -hmm. before. I think it was last season the where people would just loophole. call up. Yeah, the fusions loophole where you just call them up to your academy. You're like sign them to your academy team, then call them up immediately. Like just walking around. And like that was yeah. just a oversight um, on Blizzard's part. Yeah. But now I don't think they have that, which makes sense, and I'm cool with that. I guess so. Yeah, and basically, uh, I'm curious to see what happens with that. Basically, all of the Hurricane players have put up, like, I and Sloth emoji tweets. Yeah, the Sloth like, is the unofficial symbol of I'm now joining the London Spitfire. Yeah, the, like, that's the <laughs> way it very much seems, because every one of them has done it, and it's At least all the eligible players, say. yeah. Yeah. But Including man, uh, Coach Fisher as well, so yes. it's an interesting... Uh, I mean, you got Fisher as I think Elbian as well. Uh, they could grab Visility. Like, there's, oh, there's, dude, a, got, there's a lot been, of EU talent that they could pull, man, and I'm excited. I've been building up the, the uh, most wanted list, man. Next episode, we're going we're gonna to be bringing out the most wanted list. Um, lots and lots of options. This, and even still, like considering how many players are dropped, too, um, I need to pull up that list as well and see how many. Like, if I could build... I would build like five different teams, five different ways entirely. Oh yeah, Siegel posted out a picture of a spreadsheet of literally yeah. every single one. Holy crap! Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started on the nonsense that that tweet. Well, the whole scenario started because there's all kinds of crazy allegations yeah, people going are around. Really freaking out about it. Like people don't understand like, okay, we broke it down last episode, but like we understand not everyone listens to the podcast. Just read the sheet. You can't like it just, you're just going to drop a lot of players and everyone's going to sign a lot of players. And there will be mm -hmm. lots of people going down to tier two. And another thing that we'll be talking about next week is how many players were not having a good time in Overwatch League, went down to contenders, found themselves, rediscovered their skills, came back up to the top, and are now doing incredibly well. Yep. Um, a lot of my list of, especially Korean players, were like, eh, Sky didn't really have too much of a performance on... Uh, on this Overwatch League team, that Overwatch team maybe never started. This, that, the other thing. Had a quick career. Uh, got screwed over by goats. Look at Wu. And now we're like crushing it. Yeah. Like, 
Woo y'all, I'm 37, uh, Stellar, uh, 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 the former main tank of Toronto Defiant. Uh, so many Numlocked. different people, dude. Numlocked as well. Like, there's so many yeah. people who just it it it's just the way it goes, dude. Like, unless you are a top level player, sometimes you get kicked down to the minors. Sometimes you get kicked down to the D League. You know, like uh, what's his name? Alex Caruso from the from the Lakers started in the playoffs. Was a D League player in, in previous seasons. Like, you you'd go you go up and you go down and you develop yep. yourself and go back up to the top like breathe people we've got literally two months until teams have to be locked in and half of these teams are severely under the limit like we know that dallas is rebuilding and we know um, that london is rebuilding we know houston. that uh, houston has to rebuild i i would i would hope boston rebuild there's so many different teams it's that like are like clearly changing stuff are gonna, gladiators gonna atlanta's doing some you know not full rebuild but yep. shifting out some pieces like there's a lot of stuff happening don't don't sell your jerseys just yet hang on take yep. a breather we got it's, a lot of time ahead of us there's a lot of negotiations happening it's going to be very interesting over the next two months to see how all of the new free agents end up going because some of those free agents mm-hmm you could just about guarantee aren't coming back to the league. There's a yeah. lot of those free agents that I expect to be back in the league. There's a, yeah, there's a, also then, a great game for a lot of these people to move on to. You got Unko, you got AKM, you yep. got Trill all looking to go over. You just saw Saya player get signed player. and renamed to T1. Um, there's options for these people elsewhere, but also there are a lot of like, oh, games who's going back to league. Bishu's going into coaching. Yep. Uh, Goose is out. Yeah, There's a lot of options for players beyond this. To see where everybody is going and how quickly some of those moves are happening. Um, yeah. And then it just it opens up for all of these players that we're currently talking about in contenders to slot into all of those spots because there's only a you know certain amount of roster spots on a certain amount of teams Yep. I don't see us getting new teams, so it's not like we're gonna see like the beginning of 2019 season where we saw a bunch of tier two players get picked up. This is gonna be the yeah. only way we're gonna see that happening is with a lot of these free agents not coming back to the league. It sucks, and but it's gonna happen every year from this point on. Especially too, because you've got now tape on these tier two players. You've got tape on I'm thirty seven and Stellar and Assassin and uh, uh, Cod and Ice. You've got information on them. You've got performances to based off of. A lot of these dropped players didn't really play much. Like I don't remember when I saw Fire play. I don't think he played at all. I don't remember seeing uh, EQL played like three maps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaru got replaced pretty quickly. Like, there's a lot of these players that, like, okay, you gotta go back down. You gotta grind it out a little bit. Maybe find a different team. Maybe bite the Boston bullet. Uh, and sign the 50k deal. And to be completely honest, with the new uh roster two way player structure that we've seen, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that we see a lot of these players get picked up and then get yep. loaned out to contenders teams to keep warm. Which I'm completely fine with seeing yeah, because they're still collecting a paycheck. There's a lot of players that are really good. Like mm-hmm. you've got, I like uh, Linkser. Like I think Linkser, maybe you keep him and like you play him in tier two here and there and bring him up into Overwatch League when you need him for a couple of games. If the meta's right for you, do that and call him up for a month or two and then send him back down. Like you've got these options of players that are like really good, but maybe not, you know, 100% play time able. That you can do that with. Yep. Um, but we have been in this tangent for a I good was, 10 15 minutes. I was Let's just going to dive say, back in to finish out this news here. The, the British Hurricane uh, rumors sent us on a huge movement uh, tangent, but a move that no one really saw coming because no one at Team Doge has announced anything on what they're doing. Uh, literally just been hiding. Yeah, just been hiding. Naga moving over to uh, a Bay Alliance, playing over in EU. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's like Finnish or something. Naga is da- da- Dan- Dan- Danish. 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 I, 
it was an ish. I was close. Was very uh, just yep. very close. Um, but congratulations. Obey Alliance has been doing pretty good, if I'm not mistaken, over there. Um, eh, not. Oh, wait, no, I'm on the wrong thing. That's I haven't why. checked their Liquipedia in a hot minute. Um, I feel like they're middle of the road. Yeah, second, third. Um, they got third they, last one year, of the teams that last got month. disqualified. 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 Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, you uh, talking about food so much. Yeah. I yeah. know, man. Uh, chicken teriyaki. Uh, they got <laughs> disqualified. Dang, from the EBC <laughs> regionals. Oh man, I can't speak uh, today. Um, beautiful, but yeah, it, I mean, second, second, third, yeah, a fifth, sixth, and all in majors. So they're not doing too bad. Um, formerly Raspberry Racers, so we know that they the Raspberry were, Danish joke now yeah. makes even more sense. Yeah, oh, congratulations, yeah, Raspberry Danish. That's delicious. Yep. A little bit of cream cheese. Uh, but that's it for the news. Not a whole lot of news. Until we hit the official free agency like signing window, which I think is we're a week, week and a half out um, from, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I we're, lost the document. I need to find it again. Where players can actually be signed. Um, yeah. Everything's kind of quiet right now. Um, yeah. And we're, we're still in the process of getting ready for uh, the next trials, which the uh, ELO Hell... Tournament of Champions is going on, if I'm not mistaken, right now. They're in, like, I think the round of 16, I think it is. Um, oh, so I got the I got the, the dates up again. Players, the free agency window is closing 23rd. On the 24th, free agents signings begin. So we've got Saturday, starting Saturday. We're going to start seeing stuff happening. Yep. Um, and then options uh, need to be had or not had by November 13th. Um, yep. So the options. So we've got a lot of free. I think most of the, which is good. It, like, it's where we're starting to see GMs actually doing well by their players and releasing them early early enough to where they have plenty of time we're not seeing people at least it seems like there's still a couple teams that could do it mm -hmm. um hold on to players until after the opportunity has you know come and gone um you know so there's the, still a the complete opposite of the um conspiracy theories that teams are letting go of all their players to save six months of salary. That's not how that works. Contracts don't work yeah. that way. Yep. <laughs> Stop putting that yep. out there. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah. Listen to the people who are like agents and people who have been around the scene and in the scene for a long time. Like I, I recognize the fact that I am not well read on Overwatch League contracts. So I defer to those that are. Yes. Uh, <laughs> listen to the agents and GMs who have, I obviously don't take all the agents' perspective, all the GMs' perspectives, because they're kind of on opposite sides. But do what you take information, combine it together, and take different sources, and educate yourselves, and then you yep. understand how things go. And don't do what people do, where they like go down to the most downvoted opinions on Reddit, and let are like downvoted into absolute obscurity because. Like, if you're at minus 100 karma, they just hide the post because no one wants to read it anyways. And they're like, look at this absolutely ridiculous opinion. I'm going to read it. Like, no, no, no. Leave them down there. Yeah. Don't bring them back up. Those are dead narratives. Leave them like, in the grave. They're downvoted into the ground for a reason. Don't give them the time of day. They're wrong. Uh, and also, be smart. Uh, look for the uh, check marks when you get before you get baited by a fake uh, release oh. announcement. There was a funny one of uh, uh, who had it been? Um, Boink. Funny Astro getting released jokingly. Uh, always look for the check marks. Look yep. for the check marks. The the Boink one got me for a quick oh, second. Yep. yep. And then I was like, oh, this is too good. And then yep. before I could post it to try to bait people, we had someone in the Discord post it and then get so angry that boink was re-signed and it's like yeah. it's fake bro calm down <laughs> check your check marks but uh, uh 
we're not quite to the point where we're like fully rumor milling signings and everything just yet. So let's jump down into the quick play. We did watch some matches this week. We had uh, Contenders Korea uh, finishing up the quarterfinals and the semifinals. The grand finals will be later this week. I believe it's like June TM Thursday morning or something like that. Thursday yeah. Friday morning. Bright and early, like 7 a.m. for me. 22nd at 3 a.m. my time as well. So, no, 6 yeah, Thursday morning. Yep. yep. That's awesome. Oof. Hopefully I'm not around my supervisor so I can watch it on my phone while I'm working. <laughs> yep. But, uh, uh, let's dive into our predictions first. Yeah. I guess we'll do predictions and then matches and predictions and matches. We'll kind of go in order here. So, mm-hmm. first match, we both got right. Yep. Yep. Whoop de doo. We knew that Team BM was not up to the task against WGS Phoenix, uh, and that's what happened. WGS Phoenix took the three one against them. I which believe three one. Actually, yeah, the three one, which is actually kind of surprising because, uh, outside of an absolute banger that we'll talk about a little bit later, mm. this was the only other one that didn't go three zero. Uh, Team BM being able to squeak out that one map made it interesting for all of seven minutes, and then WGS Phoenix was like, "Nah, bro, we're uh, we're shutting you down." Yep, and that uh, one map was Li Zhang, where we saw Sung Chan get uh, some key hacks onto Aztecs on the ulting Moira at mm. least like twice, I think. Yep. Um, he kind of tried his best to um, negate Aztec, but as we will talk about here in the next couple of matches, Aztec is shown to be really solid. Like he had like, I think one match that we watched last week or two weeks ago where we, I forget when it was from, but like there was some issues dying on Busan, but beyond that, and especially in these playoffs matches, he's really leveled up. So they had team BM tried their best to try to counter him. And they did on the first map, but beyond that, W just Phoenix kind of took off. No. And really the only other thing that, I noticed outside of that they were playing real chaotic, not super, super structured team BM just looked discombobulated. And then you get over to Anubis and protect literally holds onto his grav for like four oh, minutes. Yeah. And it's like, there was, there was a bunch of times where he could have used it either defensively to save some of his teammates and extend the team fight or initiate with and potentially win a team fight, and nope, he just sat on it. And then when he did use it, he threw it to, like, I don't know, Horizon Lunar Colony, I think, because it just went nowhere, got nothing, and then they just got absolutely destroyed. Yep. Listen to Wayne Gretzky protect. You miss 100% of the grabs you don't take, so <laughs> you just got to do it, man. You just oh, got, like, at a certain references. point, too... It's also a hockey reference or uh, an office reference, depending on what uh, what realm of the world you're in. Um, the other thing too is like every minute that you're not using a grav, you're not building. You're not building a grav, and like if you hold a grav for like three minutes, you could have used a grav that it was like okay, and then had another grav by basically the same time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's tough, and like if you don't have the opportunity to use a grab at all because their diva is constantly all over you and you don't have the counterplay or they're playing way too spread then you probably should go on something else that's a better pick anyways and just yep. use the grab throw it away go switch diva or go switch sigma or anything else it's just there are there's been a lot of comp issues that uh we're seeing from a lot of the losing teams here they're just like mm-hmm. kind of shooting themselves in the foot with like not playing what they should be yep. um on the other side, man, WGS Phoenix, like, after watching this match, I'm, I'm kind of really high on this tank line, especially Gable C. Z-Bag has been okay, um, but Gable C especially was nuts, dude. I think, on, oh, yeah, this was the Anubis pit, where you saw Z-Bag jump up, get damage onto um, the Echo, whoever the Echo was. Haven. On a Haven, yeah. Um, then he drops down back behind the cover again, and then you saw Gable see right behind him come up, boost up, finish off the damage, and then go back. And then uh, 
when Esso comes up to Rezum, they both dive him uh, again and kill him as well. They open it up with like two free kills and literally just roll beyond that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that like one of the things especially has been the tank line coordination for this team and then another team we'll talk about later. Like it really sets these teams up apart, uh, like with the DPS and then with like the one diver as well, yep. or with the, with the tanks and the one dive DPS as well. Like if you have three people hive minded together, you you will find success in Korean contenders. Oh yeah, and then another name on WGS that you're gonna hear us talk an a lot, <laughs> absolute ton about is Ace because when Ace is on the Sombra. Dude builds EMPs insanely quick, but then on Anubis, they push Team BM back to the spawn, and then they're like, you know what, we got like a minute and a half left, we're just gonna go sit in front of the spawn, and Ace just sits behind him and manually hacks the supports, like one clips supports, drops an EMP, like gets half of the team, just absolutely bullying the backline of Team BM on Anubis, and Team BM had no response to Ace's play when he was running the Sombra. And it's super unfortunate that, like, he's only played this one pick, and at least what I've seen so far, Enocas on the Hog so good. is unmatched in Korean Contenders, I think. Uh, I think he might only matched by mag but we'll see about that mm-hmm. um he like he just every time like he forces other people to not play hog against him because he will just out uh, out mechanics them or out strategy them and like just knows how to play it better gets incredible pickoffs um especially on havana you saw him on the hog and gable on the sigma they full hold team bm there as well um so like this tank line alternating zebag and uh enocast depending on whether or not they're going to play the winston slash ryan or just run the uh roadhog quite often because i think this was still on the playoff patch or like Mm. the owl uh finals patch um it'll it it's that is a strong three players on that team like they are really really benefiting from their uh, strong tank line here. And Gable, see again, like we talked about his diva being incredible. His Sigma was also incredible as well during the scrappy last minute fights where there was like a chance that team BM was going to be able to, you know, squeak out the first point and actually cap it. Uh, he just stayed alive, sustained, had some good ults, good rocks, um, just good play. And I think got like a couple of double kills here and there as well. So you're going to start seeing a couple of these names come up next week when we talk not only about uh, playoffs and stuff like that, but also on recommended uh, pickups for teams in the offseason because a couple of teams might be going full Korean here, and uh, there's a lot of new blood that's rearing to get some uh, Odubel time in, so I'm excited to see that. I actually can't wait to talk about that team that I think is going full Korean because it's going to be interesting to try to put together a bunch of players out of Korean contenders to slot into that team mm-hmm. and see how close we can get to actually hitting the uh, uh, the mark on how many people get pulled from Korean contenders. We did pretty good last year. Last year we had a pretty good success rate on the people that we were calling to getting uh, called up into Overwatch League. And Yeah, on a slight aside too, it seems like this season maybe really Korean then EU biased mm-hmm. and not in a bad way, but like there's just not as much NA talent. So we're going to see, a, I feel like we're going to see a lot of Korean players be picked up from tier two. Yep. And I don't know, maybe five or six I'm feeling from NA at the most. And, you know, obviously you're going to see lots going to London Spitfire for EU as well. So it should be interesting to see. So next matchup, we've got runaway versus O2 blast. Kyle took Runaway, I took O2, and I got stomped. Stomped. I believed. I, 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 I had all my faith in O2 Blast, man. I, I, I put the money down, and they stole it from me. They walked away with my money because Runaway take this 3-0. 
and like it wasn't even like a close exciting 3o like there was um there was a moment on yep. uh i think uh busan where like it could have went either way and then after that it was just like a snooze fest runaway ran away yeah numbani did go a little bit more interesting mm-hmm. i think they went five four so they both got extra rounds and then it was just a good hold but like on the side of o2 Proper on the Widow looked really solid, but at the same point, Mag was just all over him, dude. Like, um, all throughout Busan, Mag was just kind of making his case to destroy who was going to be the most impactful in O2 Blast. Um, playing the Hog on Mecha Base shut down the tanks. I think they're running the Winston quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, with... Who is... Oh, Yakupong. That's who I was talking about previously as well. Yakupong um, was playing the Winston quite a bit and just getting destroyed. And then uh, when Proper was kind of getting some good pickoffs and, you know, they're getting a couple percentage winding up on downtown. Uh, Mag was on the Winston and was just like, I'm going to dive all the way across the map and make this person who would might be able to carry their team essentially useless. And he did just that. Mm-hmm. Um and on the flip side, when we got to Numbani in the final map, they like tried to do what they could. They like really hard focused Mag, and they got the first pick. But like when you have six people looking at your main tank, well, your main tank just did a very good job at distracting and uh, tanking because then you had you know still the fight was won by runaway um because you had six people focus on one person meanwhile you've got five other people focus on those other people who are not paying attention so really smart play from runaway and really smart play from mag um mag's another name you will hear me talk about a lot uh and then Oh, I have one last note. Kalios on the end of Numbani as well was pretty big. He had like a pretty big two-kill bomb to kind of allow them to cap out. Um, but beyond that, there's not a whole lot of amazing things we saw from Kalios at no. the moment. Um, and Pelican actually, like, I went back and rewatched that because something was a little bit off with the positioning. Um, the 2K was uh, the Mercy and the hog the hog was way up front the mercy was back uh if you're looking from spawn on nubani point b um there's like that room off to the left hand side that has an upstairs uh, oh point c you mean kind yeah, of where like c. the yeah, up of the tree and stuff yeah mm-hmm. um the the mercy uh who is that chio, chio i believe yeah yep uh, Chio was actually up in that room, but Pelican threw a manual hack onto uh, Revenge, which drew the focus of um, Wu Yaw and Chio. Oh, oh, yeah. Wu Yaw was behind the that little ledge just enough, but Chio was like flying over to. Mm revenge to like help protect Assist him, him to not let and him die, flew yeah. right into the line of sight of the bomb so had uh had pelican not pulled off the manual hack that fight could have went a different way because then chio would have been able to get the res onto um uh mag because mag was playing the uh the roadhog at that point so it, it was one of those where they combined Pelican was on that deep flank, literally standing almost in their spawn as the bomb went up. So once they started to focus on where the bomb was, he was able to get that manual hack off and kind of set off those uh, those dominoes to to get it into point C. Didn't get him anything past that, but made it exciting. Yeah, and then before that, we did get a first hold on Volskaya. Um oh, yeah. Uh, both Mag and Wu Yaw, both at separate opportunities, uh, just made huge plays on different sides and different fights to be able to secure the first hold. And then, kind of on the flip side, uh, you got a note here. They literally walk onto the point. They only need a third, and no one on Runaway die. They just literally bullied their way onto the point, 
started getting picks and then just stood in the middle of the point and won it in a matter of like a minute. Like yeah, it was they had dominant. really good positioning there. They were playing. Uh, O2 was playing kind of in the mega room and above the mega room, and then they gave uh, who was the sniper player for Runaway probably Merritt. Merit. They let him kind of take the opposite platform, which was on a if you look at the point up the left side. Yeah, like they Runaway pushed him to that perspective and gave him like the lineup on everyone there and then meanwhile the tanks were suppressing him there and then you had like two or three people just contesting the point forcing someone to fly across and leave the happy room and they just got ruled so runaway is just really next level here kind of just dismantled o2 blast but let's move into the the next one which we both mispredicted but to be fair it kind of came down to one fight. Yep, it was And close. that was Element Mystic WGS Phoenix here. Um, Element Mystic lost in the 2-3. And it went third point, final fight, 199 um, in favor of WGS Phoenix. We both had Element Mystic predicted, and it was so close. And I'm honestly fine with how it went. WGS Phoenix is kind of uh, working away into, into one of my favorite teams at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, I literally have three notes in a row for WGS Phoenix of the same person. Yep. So, remember that uh, name Kellen we talked played, about earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Kellen on Element Mystic is playing the Wrecking Ball on Busan, and Ace on the Sombra hacks and makes his life uh, miserable. At every point in time, he's hacked, he's destroyed, basically completely useless um, on Busan. Uh, on uh, Hanamura, you have Ace and Enocast lock down the second defense. Uh, Ace on the Hanzo this time, Enocast on his, uh, I guess, mainstay hog now. Looks super good as well. And then Numbani, Ace, and Valentine prevent what would have been a really rough stall on uh, first. Basically, I think after first, they didn't they, stop. Yeah. Until the very, very end. And yep. that was just Ace and Valentine doing incredible things. Um, these two players, man, WGS Phoenix, like we saw from Element Mystic, not Element Mystic, uh, Runaway, no. Was it also WGS Phoenix that has three tanks? Yes. Yeah. So they've got three DPS that they can rotate out and three tanks that they can rotate out based off a of specialty. And they do it so well. Because you've got I'm 37 to play whenever you need like a straight up sniper character. Um, Meanwhile, you've got Ace, who's kind of the Sombra specialist, but also can play a lot of the other hit scans like the Ash if needed. And then you've got uh, Valentine to just play all of the projectile or the Reaper if you're doing the, um, I guess, Reaper or Tracer if you have a sniper on the other side, too. So you've got lots and lots and lots of options here for DPS. Same with the tanks as well. You get Eno cast in when you're running the hog. You get uh, Z-Bag in when you're doing the, the Winston. Gable C just stays in because he's that good. Um, really good play from them as well. You've yeah. got a note here. And then on the, the flip side of that like crazy attack that they had, Ace again building EMPs essentially every other fight getting it like usually towards the end of the second team fight going into the third team fight. Um, and all of them, huge value. We're talking between four and six man hacks. And when Ace lands a huge EMP, the whole team, especially Valentine, Valentine will pick, uh, one of the easier targets and just hard focus getting an early pick on one of the supports or one of the tanks usually. And then from there, the rest of the team just systematically take down one after another. Um, a lot of this matchup on Numbani came down to Ace's EMPs just absolutely shutting down Element Mystic's attacks. Like, Element Mystic would start to get the payload rolling, and then it they would get EMP'd and pushed off of the payload. And then by the time they were able to take the payload back and get it moving, Ace had another EMP, and we just started the cycle all over again, so... Ace is one of those names, man. You're just going to constantly hear us talking about him when WGS is playing. And potentially, I don't even know if he's eligible. 
I believe so. I think he's on my list. Uh, yes, he is. He is 19. Actually, getting ready to turn 20 here in about six days, seven days. Um, so real quick, I did want to go through the map because I, I I wanted to try to keep my notes with map to map, but I did not do that. So they start off Busan 2-1 in favor of WGS Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we saw Ace with the Sombra really making Kellen's life not fun on the Wrecking Ball. Hanamura, I mentioned that you've got great play from Ace and Enocast to lock down the second point defense, not letting Elmistic Mystic get those two points. But on the flip side... You have Elt Mystic full hold WGS on first, um, partially in Kellen, who was trying to go against the wrecking, uh, not wrecking uh, ball, uh, on the hog 1v1, was just not going to win it, as we mentioned before. Like, Enocast is just the better hog, but he swaps to the ball, um, does some good disruption, uh, and then you have a note as well on how Elt Mystic were kind of able to make this full hold happen. Yeah, uh, MN3. They're down. Who's the other tank for Element Mystic? Or actually, it might have been Kellen. No, who was running the? It's Kellen and Attack for most of these, I believe. I think it was Attack that was was down. Um, yeah. WGS Phoenix gets a pick onto Attack. Attack's waiting on the respawn. So instead of it, they traded one for one. But with the close respawns, WGS Phoenix could have pushed the uh, the 5v5 very easily and had a chance. But MN3 pops his bob, kind of suspect when you first look at it, but he puts it right into the first point choke, essentially putting a tank in the doorway, preventing WGS Phoenix from advancing because every time they would poke or uh, try to take the door, Bob would just lay into him, and they were down a person. Um, so WGS Phoenix wasn't able to get past it, and by the time the Bob was done, Attack was back with the group, everybody was at full strength, and they literally couldn't do anything. So just a he- great heads-up play from MM- MN3, using the Bob as a secondary tank instead of a point presence, like you would typically see the Bob used. Yeah, and then um, Numbani, as I mentioned, WGS kind of got stalled out on first, almost got full held there, then were able to squeak it out, and then basically went on a roll after that. Um, and they were able to hold Element Mystic, I think, on second before they capped out second, um, giving them the 3-1. Watchpoint Gibraltar was... This was probably one of my favorite maps we've seen thus far. You've got, on one hand, um, Gable C has an incredible match. You see some great plays, I think, from Ace on the Hanzo with, I think, I'm 37 here as well on the Snipers. Um, Gable C eats two different Dragon Strikes on Gibraltar, and then every time that I think Kellen tried to get a big hook, he was able to swoop in and absorb a lot of the damage with the Defense Matrix. Really smart play there. But on the flip side, dude, he sang on the Hanzo mm-hmm. to start, and then the Tracer after that, was basically just on a tear. It makes me so mad that this kid is... He looks like he's, like, nine, dude. He looks so young. He's 15, (laughs) but the dude looks super young, and he's just, like, one of those players that's just going to be literally stuck in Tier 2 for three more years despite being a filthy Tracer player. Dude could probably... I feel like he could be maybe, like, top five, top... Six seven Overwatch League if he got called up right now, but he can't. So let's not even bother with that comparison. But basically, he just goes on an absolute tear here, man. It's incredible. Speaking of he saying, yeah. Now I've got to take this all the way back to Mecha Base because this is one of those things where literally nothing came of it. No one died. It really didn't matter because uh, if I'm not mistaken, Element Mystic was already well on their way to taking the point. Um, yeah. So Faith leaving the duel with He Sang wouldn't have helped one way or the other. Really had no effect on it. But watching He Sang on Tracer, Faith on Lucio, we're in Mecha Base. The little pathway that goes down and then up, it goes from spawn down and then up onto the point. 
and there's like a pillar in the middle of the walkway and then it's open environmental death on either side faith is wall riding underneath of the the bridge up over top boops he sang off like twice he's saying blinks or recalls back on these two are just going at it in this room literally unable to kill each other for like 30 seconds and then they just both part ways and go their opposite ways it's one of the like most he keeps coming back like, it was ah, so intense because ah, I'm like, I'm like, no. oh, he got the boop. Nope, the recall. Oh my god, he saying he's got him down to ten health, and then he would wall ride underneath. Mm-hmm. He would amp his health back up, come back up, and it was just nonstop, just a duel for the ages. Super fun. D- nothing important. Completely came of it. pointless. <laughs> Completely pointless. But it was one of the most fun. 1v1s I've watched in contenders where these dudes were just beating each other to death and then just said alright we'll go back to our respective corners and match up in the next team fight Um, yeah just I wanted to throw it out there because it was one of those little things that happened that it's just it's fun to watch yep and then on uh, kind of the final note here let's see uh, Watchpoint Gibraltar goes Element Mystic's way. They're able to hold WGS before the very end and cap it out. Lijing Tower, 1-1. Final map goes to Gardens. Final fight, too. A lot of back and forth, 199. Zabag was kind of... We didn't mention him throughout the whole map. Kind of wasn't... Or throughout the whole match. Didn't really have any big plays. Except right in the final fight. He gets, I think, two key pickoffs. And I mean, obviously, it's not just him by himself. It's with the team. But he was the one who was kind of there and um, sustained out throughout the fight, stayed alive, got the kills. Um, and it was able to kind of be one of the main reasons that they finished. I think after the match was over, you saw everyone run up to him and hug him because they mm-hmm. they knew he like kind of had the performance that he needed to have at that particular moment. Yeah, and then throughout Li Zhang... We're going to go back to Faith here. Um, Faith was just quietly closing out kills. The the team would get somebody down to 10, 15% health, and Faith would just wall ride his way around and close out the the kill as the person was trying to get away. Uh, A lot of really good boops for displacements. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, he got, I think, two or three where uh, a player was starting to get away and he wall rode around to get in front of them and boop them back into his teammates uh to close out the kill so not anything like super crazy it was just those he saw the openings and was able to swing that portion of the fight in his team's favor favor either by hunting down somebody low health or preventing somebody from getting away um just really good heads up play from Faith coming in uh, for WGS on Li Zhang here. Yep. Uh, and then final match. Uh, watch this one this morning. <sighs> this was a bit of a weird one. We both had this... Talon winning this, and it really kind of felt like it was just one thing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And. I'm I'm gonna I mean, just start this off by saying I literally have one note because it one you covered everything for runaway. I had nothing that I could really say about Talon. Um and this was a huge disappointment because I expected so much more out of Talon. Regardless of who they were gonna match up against, I thought Talon was going to be in the finals. And not even remotely close. Especially, like, the major issue that we saw was they ran Somber Reaper basically the entire time. And, and I, th- I think Talon was the only team that, like, basically refused to change anything. We saw every yeah. other team either switch players or switch cops mm-hmm. at multiple portions throughout their matches. And Talon literally sat on one thing and got dominated. What was wild is they swapped Arrow and Feather out, and they literally had them play the same hero the entire time. 
um it it didn't make a ton of sense and like the casters even mentioned that like i think era was particularly adept at the sniper heroes the the widow the you know hanzo and the uh the ash as well um stellar they had mentioned is a good tracer i hadn't seen his tracer before that i mean we knew him in overwatch league he didn't play too much in that but they said it was good but we didn't get to see it and if i'm not uh, mistaken when we watched the matches last week or the week before and we watched that talent match we both had notes on arrow looking good on mm, i believe the mm-hmm. ash and the widow and we didn't see yep. it at all nope um Let's get the the positive. I guess I mean we already mentioned the second bit. Um, the first bit here, Swoon does have some good moments on the Zen, especially like I mean him individually was fine. I don't mm-hmm. think he needed to do anything really differently. It was just the whole team, and like I guess I mean he's part of the team, so he needs to do something differently. But like his individual performance was really strong. A uh, lot of entry kills as a Zen. Um, also really smart play. Uh, with his transcendence like did use it in fights he didn't have to and then when the opportunity was necessary uh he took it and did what he needed to do and i thought like there's a lot of times when you can kind of scare zenyatta to using his transcendence at like inopportune times like if you've got a dragon blade up you can do something else to force it out and then now you don't have anything against the dragon blade um but now he was pretty smart like not a you know itchy trigger finger anything like that used it exactly when it needed to through a lot of this but main on the other side of this um you've got i mean nepal was pretty close back and forth there was opportunities like they they had some different looks here and there um runway brought out the may with the um ryan zaria i think it was played super smart there um Talon made like one minor misstep on the final fight on Village and Runaway just punished them. Chio had a beat saved up ready to go for the perfect opportunity to seal the map out. Um, I mentioned that in the past with um, I think it was Ace and then the tank line um, of WGS Phoenix. You see that again here with Assassin, Wuyol, and Mag on Anubis, dude. They are to a T, like landing on someone at the exact same time, uh, just bursting people out. I forget who it was that got like completely destroyed instantly. It might have been Cho Rong um, on the Mercy who just got like caught out and destroyed at every point in turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was how they full held on Anubis. And then on Numbani, did they full hold that too? Uh, yes. They full held Anubis, they full held Numbani because on the defense, you had Assassin on the Genji basically almost this entire map or match. He played it on all the time on Anubis, all the time on uh, Numbani, most of Nepal as well. And he killed Chorong at least twice in a row, including once when he had beat and was going to what would have been the final fight. There was like 30 seconds left. He goes through the lower left room if you're the attackers. Uh, I think that's the mega room there. And Assassin's like, hello, I'm gonna kill you now. Kills him, and he has to like speed back at the last second to be able to try to hit beat, and by that point, the team had already gone, already lost some people. Just, Assassin was really... And the caster said it best, they like, said he, he was playing like you wouldn't have... Uh, like, this was on the previous Genji patch, like, you wouldn't have believed that Genji had recently had like a significant nerf since yeah. his big buff happened. Um, he was, was just really on a tear. He was just a straight bully on Genji. And the thing is, is, like, we saw Genji on a couple other teams played on a couple different maps here and there, but, like, Assassin essentially lived on the Genji and got full value at all times yeah. from his Genji. Like, there's no reason for it. Like, he lived in the back line of Talon, had no issues shutting down the DPS of Talon, and then smart en- or, uh, engagements and disengagements. He knew when, okay, I'm not going to be able to take this fight. I'm just going to back out and not feed alt charge to Talon. Mm-hmm. Assassin is absolutely dominant when it comes to the Genji. 
Um, I believe Assassin turns. He's a, I think a January. Yeah, January seventh. So before even the matches start, he's assigning availability. So there's a lot of great talent. Unfortunately, like all of Element Mystic are too young, minus mm-hmm. the support line. Uh, Anson J and MCD are both eligible, but like he's saying, way far out. Way Choice far. one, uh, MN three, I think. Kellen attack, all way too young. Um, I mean, all of this like this is a really new team. Only MCD is the same player from last season. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else was mostly called up from like their academy team and from other tiny nobody teams. So um, there's still room for Elamistic to kind of come up. This is like their first big match in a hot minute. So um, I mean, with this roster, and so there's lots of they got a lot of road ahead of them here. Meanwhile, W just Phoenix, a lot of the players are eligible. Runaway, a lot of the players are eligible. Probably gonna see a lot of shuffle or uh, mix up with mm-hmm. WGS and Runaway going into this next season. Yeah, I would love to see some of these maybe kept together because I mean, like th- the coordination that some of these players have, uh, specifically on like WGS and then um, Runaway as well. Like, if you can get Assassin plus this tank line, dude, whoo, dive dive meta, you're good. Like, you're yep. just chilling. Like, there's so many opportunities for big performances there. Um, and like, I'm the- really surprised to see what happens. The WGS tank line, if you can pick them up in any really any of the combinations, I guess it's gonna more mm-hmm. so uh depend on how Roadhog progresses. Yeah, that's the problem. Season. Like I really wanna have a big like um recommendation for Enocast, but like bro, I mean we're not know. we might not see it at all. And yeah. like being a Roadhog specialist, like I mean, maybe he's got the other picks we just haven't been able to see in a long time. But like um Definitely uh, Gabalsi and Z-Bag, oh, yeah. keeping those two together. Z-Bag, yeah. I mean, I, I think Gable C might be able to go on his own and to be a little bit better. Somewhere. I think Z-Bag is, Z-Bag is like fine. He's like pretty good, I think, but I think there's still better options. I think there's a lot of Overwatch League uh, current main tanks that could do well with mm-hmm. having Gable C and that, that support tank spot um, helping him out. I think, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities here for pretty big pickups but yeah we'll get into that a lot more next week yeah. because we only have the finals to cover but uh it's definitely looking like it's going to be a, a a korean eu heavy uh recruitment yeah. season from everything that we've looked at but i think that's a show kyle mm-hmm. right at like the hour mark we've talked about basically everything not a whole lot of news going on i will I will say, Fran had mentioned possibly putting mm. together another FOC. And then FOCC. FOCC. Fran's Overwatch Community Cup. Yep. Not You're cussing. Not that one. Not, not, not cussing. Uh, which she got a response from uh, John Specter. Yep. I think is his name. Jay wanted Specs. to help out. Jay wanted Specs to help wanted out. to help out and do whatever they could. So working we, together on some stuff. We might get a pretty legit like Overwatch League sponsored tier two, tier three uh tournament in the off season with like professional said players. Maybe on doing teams. one pro limit, which I think yeah. is really smart, like having one OWL player because like I, like we saw previously, like that's how you get the big eyes on yep. the scene now because like, oh I want to see who Dante's playing with. I want to see who so and such is playing with. I would love to see it be like a crazy format where it's 16 teams, 16 Overwatch League pros, one per team, and they draft out their team mm, from Tier 2 funny. players. That'd and, like, cool. d- the week before the tournament, you do, like, a live draft, like, pre-tournament show. It probably wouldn't work, because I think, like, most of these are, like, made on Twitter, like, the week, like, the day before, yeah. I mean. And so, like, it... With like, like availability this, and stuff like that, but I'd love to take do a like lot of sort of planning. Yeah, like, yeah. but it would be amazing to watch, and then it would be like, okay, uh, Team Jonek versus uh, Team Dante, Team Dante, whatever. Like, yeah, and then see which team comes out on top, and the amount of eyes that that would draw, because then the teams would be tied directly to these Overwatch League pro or uh, pros. 
I don't know. Like, I doubt it's going to happen that way. But I would love to see a tournament put together in that fashion. Like, mm-hmm. even if it was a limited pool, like, pick a bunch of, like, the league or Fran or whoever puts on the tournament picks, like, 15 teams and then the Overwatch League pros get to pull from those. I don't know. Um, just something new, something different and exciting that could potentially be used as a scouting report, I guess, would be pretty awesome. But I think that's going to wrap it up. Kyle, where can they find you at on the internet when you're not watching uh, Marvel movies right now? You can find me on Twitter at Kyle the Winner for right now. Uh, we'll see what happens with the world and uh, if I can tweet some stuff and maybe as the player announcement starts coming out, I'll start uh, giving some quick takes on players and whether that's going to be a big pickup or there's better options available or whatever. So we'll see as these uh, players start getting picked up. Sounds good. You can find me over on Twitter at Thorn Rain. You can find the show or if you're an audio listener, yeah, <laughs> I almost skipped a whole section. If you're an audio listener, you can head over to Twitch, watch us live, uh, hit the follow button. We'll give you a shout out. If you got Amazon Prime, you've got Twitch Prime, which means you can hit that subscribe button for free and help out the show. Or you can help out 100% free. Write us a review. I was going through the reviews. We haven't had a review in over a year. Oh. It's been a year since our last review. Um, so they help out immensely, completely free, just a little bit of your time. We read your review live on the show, and we give you your shout-out. So definitely, if you can, leave a review on whatever your podcatcher is. Uh, send us a screenshot. We'll get you hooked up on that. But you can find the show on Twitter at Blackwatch Report. No, oh, and that report. And email the show, blackwatchport at gmail.com, and follow the show right here on that Twitch channel I was talking about at twitch.tv slash blackwatchport. We record live Sundays, 6 p.m. Eastern. Our intro music is an original piece by our own Mr. Kyle Wynn. This has been a High Noon production. You can find all our shows over at highnoonpodcast.com. And come and chat with all the hosts over on the Discord at discord.me slash highnoonpodcast. And with that, Blackwatch out. <laughs>